Nationals fans, this is not the news that you will like to hear. Cade Cavalli yesterday was pulled early from his start, and it is not looking so great right now. I'm joined by Danny Noakes today, and we're going to have our commentation right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today. And guys, thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for this team here in the District of Columbia in the podcast form with the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. And guys, Cade Cavalli yesterday was pulled from his start just a little early. And as of right now, we sit here today. It's recorded on a Wednesday morning, early Wednesday morning, and we have no update. But we do have to discuss from what we have heard from Davey Martinez, Mark Zuckerman, and all the other reporters who are there. But to help me with that, we are joined by Danny Noakes from 106.7 The Fan. You can catch him over there. You can catch him over on Twitter, at Danny Noakes as well. Danny, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, buddy. It's always great to be here with you. Thanks so much for having me back. And, you know, when you texted me about doing this segment with you, I thought that we were going to have a lot of positive vibes, you know, sort of talk about the – the, the way that the Nats have been playing, which has been solid through spring training. Yeah. Joey Manessis is doing great for Mexico in the World yes. Baseball Classic. Yes. He's crushing the USA. Um, but now, of course, we saw what happened yesterday, and things are looking a little bit more gray than they were a couple days ago. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a nice way of putting it, right? Yeah. This is <laughs> tough, man. Like, let's just be honest. Cade Cavalli, after let's let's look back to 2020 when we drafted Cade Cavalli everyone was insanely happy about the pick including myself everyone should have been Cade Cavalli is a great prospect and we've seen him develop through the minor leagues you see the 100 mile per hour fastball and plus this this pick that Mike Rizzo made this is what he loves he loves right-handed pitchers who are going to throw 100 miles per hour they'll have a couple of junk pitches and they'll throw in there but now we sit here, March 15th, and he's getting an MRI on that elbow. And, you know, we don't want to speculate what it is because we still have no idea. But by looking at Davey Martinez's comments yesterday, I mean, it doesn't look good, to say the least. And I'm not going to say Tommy John, but it, it just doesn't look good. Like, we've seen this before. We've been through this before time and time again i can't tell you how many times we've been through this you did say tommy john though ryan and and i, I know did. why right it's because yeah. we're all thinking it and and there's a good reason for us all thinking it and it's because of the way that davy described the discomfort behind the elbow of Cade cavalli that mm -hmm. seems like a pretty telling and 
specific location of where he's feeling discomfort, which is exactly where they would repair any sort of ligament damage with, with Tommy John surgery. So that's why the we're kind of somewhat jumping to conclusions here. The MRI will actually tell us what's wrong. So yeah. w- until we get that, we, we don't know. But you're right. It is incredibly frustrating. And, and I've mentioned on, on this podcast a couple of times, too, going back to Cavalli's only start last year. It was an instance where I felt like the, the defense behind him was the, the biggest reason for that team's shortcomings on that particular mm-hmm. night. And and Cavalli himself was was actually not as bad as his ERA looked at the end of that appearance as Definitely. well as the results of the actual game. So, you know, combined with the fact that everybody, and, and Kay Bear Ruiz was one of the guys that was talking about how this appearance that Cavalli got banged up in with his elbow in the spring training matchup was the best that he's ever looked it, it and i don't think that they were just talking about spring training he was popping the mitt with that 97 mile per hour fastball and so on the 44th pitch of the afternoon he goes you know he, he comes up wincing with that that elbow discomfort yeah it, it's it's the last thing that this team needed a, a, an already light rotation that's gonna have a ton of young guys mm-hmm. within it now they have to try and figure out who they're gonna slot in to to replace him uh at least for for a a few weeks maybe months right if it's like a best case scenario but again we'll we'll wait out and see exactly what's wrong exactly and so you know we're, we're recording this wednesday morning uh really early wednesday morning in fact but with that being said the mri is happening today We'll find out more information. We'll find out what he will need. What are the next steps? Will he need Tommy John? We're going to find all that before. But as you said, the way that the injury is described, that he felt something in the back of his elbow. Mm -hmm. Danny, you played baseball growing up. I played baseball growing up. We know what's in the back of the elbow. (laughs) We know what's back there. And so I just sit here and because – we know the Nationals were not going to be a postseason team. We knew it. We're not fooling anybody by saying that they're going to win 85 games this year. They're not. Yeah. But if they had any, any hope at any sort of winning or are close to hovering around 500, it was going to be dependent on Mackenzie Gore, Cade Cavalli, and Josiah Gray pitching their you-know-what off. Yep. And so now the fact that Cade Cavalli, even if it's just a minor injury, I saw the way he walked off that mound. Something is wrong. It's hard to believe just by looking at it from, I'm no medical expert. I'm not going to pretend to be one. But you don't walk off the mound that way. Paul Lassard doesn't look that concerned on his face when we saw him go out there. Davey Martinez doesn't make the comments that he would have made if it was a very minor injury. So the assumption that I'm making right now is that we're probably looking at a couple weeks at least. And even then, you're going to have to have a replacement ready to go because opening day is now what? Two weeks away? We're Mm -hmm. just about two weeks away from opening day. So we're going to talk about some replacements that could get with Cavalli or not get with Cavalli, could get with the Washington Nationals. But I do just want to say that I want to ask you this. If Cavalli were to be all right if everything were to be fine Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. should this change up the expectations for what we know about him because he has that shoulder injury from last year that after he made his first start he was shut down 
And now you got to worry about an elbow injury as well in just about, what, six months? That's a little concerning to me. Yeah, and, and Nationals fans are already predisposed to pitchers with elbow and other oh, issues yeah. when it comes to Steven Strasburg. Obviously, we, we've been doing this dance now for uh, over a decade at this yep. point. So I, I know the frustration is there from, from that standpoint. Now, you asked whether or not it should change the expectations if Cavalli is to be okay, which is a totally possible outcome that, you know, we could have by the end of today if, if the MRI is not as bad as, as some people think it might be. But I don't necessarily think it should change a whole lot about what you would hope to get from this this rotation if Cavalli is still able to go this season or even in a, a couple of weeks or a couple of months, whatever the timetable for his return ends up being. I think he nailed the, the you hit the nail on the head, though, in, in referencing that trio of young guys, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore and Cade Cavalli being the most necessary part to this team not being one of if not the worst in, in major league baseball this season 100 and, and i kept i i i keep saying this in in any of the episodes that we've done here recently and i keep talking about development and obviously with cavalli not on the mound there's not going to be any development there so that's that's another concern that you have because not only are you losing this season and and any sort of production that you could get out of him, but any sort of development that you could also see from him in, in terms of his ability to, you know, weather the storm of a major league baseball season, which is a long season, especially for these pitchers that are going to trot out yeah. there anywhere between 20 and 30 times to start a game. If you're someone like Cade, like Josiah or like McKenzie. So we're just fingers crossed at this point that it's good news and, and that it's not as bad as, as the, mm -hmm. it seems. That's really all that we can do at this point. But, you know, the, the, the Nats are, are they have especially Davey Martinez. He's got a, a pretty tough decision to make here going forward as to figuring out how and who they're going to move forward with. Exactly. And, you know, with Cavalli, he had 43 pitches in his two and two third innings yesterday. And he he threw 31 strikes out of those 43 pitches. So it, and something that we have talked about with Cade Cavalli is that his command has been a little iffy at times and in some cases, a lot of times. So yesterday he threw, he throws 31 strikes, only 12 balls. And then of course this happens. So we'll keep you guys up to date on Cade Cavalli. What could happen? What will, whatever the diagnosis is, we'll be here to talk about it. Or at least I will. I don't know if Danny can, will be able to join me. I'd love to have him, but yeah, I think Danny's got some other stuff to do, but all right. So I do want to talk about, because the assumption right now is that this is at least a short-term injury, and we mm -hmm. know opening day is coming up in two and a half weeks from now. So, with that being said, we do have to talk about some potential replacements. There are some intriguing free agents, but I also think that there are some int really intriguing options inside our farm system and even on the big league roster. Danny and I are going to get to that. But before, I got to tell you guys about my friends over on FanDuel. And the midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. If the Warriors are playing tonight, then guess 
what I am going to hammer the over on Steph Curry threes. Guess what? It's that easy. All he does is hit threes. Trust me, just like I trust FanDuel Sportsbook. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And now we get back into it with Danny Noakes. As we've been discussing Cade Cavalli's injury, we don't know the designation for him. We don't know how severe it is. But but just by looking at it, watching baseball, we know it doesn't look great for now. So we do have to talk about some potential replacements because opening day is just about two and a half weeks away. So... Just by looking at that yesterday, I'm going to assume he's not going to be back by opening day. So, who's going to be filling his starting his starter spot in the rotation? Danny, I know there's some intriguing free agents out there, but I got to say, I've been kind of liking some in-house options. You want to hear some of them? Yeah, I actually do. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about any of the guys that they've got within the organization because I just feel like going and depending on who the the, the Nationals would pursue outside mm-hmm. of the organization, you just don't want to give up too much. You don't want to be locked into too much of a, a too large a contract, too many years with someone that, you know, you were in a desperate spot to so you overpaid for. It. You don't want to get to that. Exactly. Position. Do not want to do that. So here's my number one and most intriguing option for me. Let's hear it. The Rule 5 number one overall pick in 2022, Thad Ward. Thad Mm. Ward. So he is going to be a reliever for the Nationals this year. That's what they intend on him being. So maybe they're going to let him do that at first. But with that being said, this guy started 51 games down in the minor leagues with the Red Sox in 2022. He started 13 games. He pitched 51 innings. This is someone who struck out 66 batters. He's a He's been a starter in the past, and the way that he was developed with the Red Sox, that's what they intended him, for him doing, to be a starting pitcher, not a reliever. So it would be kind of interesting to see Thaddeus Ward, who a lot of people in the Nationals organization are high on, and, you know, high strikeout guy. He's had Tommy John surgery in the past, but he's looked really, really good out of the bullpen so far down in spring training. So he's kind of an intriguing one in my mind that I think yeah. Nationals fans should think about. I like that. I like that pick, Ryan. And he's someone that I had on my short list of, of potential replacements as well, maybe a little bit further down, just because of mm-hmm. how young he still is. Continue mm-hmm. to to hammer the point about development, right? And and he's had a couple of years to do that, which is great. And you mentioned having already overcome Tommy John surgery, which is almost like a prerequisite for being a starting pitcher yeah. in, in Major League Baseball these days. It seems like pretty much every starting pitcher in baseball has had Tommy John at some point. But I like that ward. I like everything that you're referencing right there. Just kind of looking at the five innings of work that he's got in spring training so far. You're right about his strikeout numbers. Those are what stand out to me. And, and I think the biggest upside about his game is his, his ability to strike batters out, swing and miss stuff. 
Um, he, he like many young pitchers, he walks, you know, he's, he's walked a batter, I think, in, in just about every uh, outing that he has had so far. At least that's his average to this point. So you'd like to see those numbers come down. But uh, he's a guy that, like you said, the, the, the Red Sox, when he was with their organization, they did not plan for him to, to come out of the bullpen. That's where he is right now with the Nationals. But, you know, a lot of these guys throughout their careers stepped into roles when somebody went down. And you could say yeah. that across several different sports. So I like that pick. I would maybe slot him in the in the middle of a top five list if if I were going with realistic options there. No, that that makes sense. And, you know, because obviously the Nationals are intending for him to be a bullpen piece. And I think they're going to probably have him in a nice, sizable role that they probably won't switch that up. But on the other hand, the likelier move is going to be through free agency. I'm going to say a name, Danny. Okay. You you might rip your hair out. <laughs> Anibal Sanchez. <laughs> no, I I don't I don't hate that at all. I mean, why okay. not bring why not bring back a, a familiar face from from the World Series team and and you know he's someone that you know he's not going to go out there and get rattled. You know, he, if yeah. he's not pitching well, he's not pitching well. So he's he's someone that you can bring in. There's some familiarity with some of the players, the, the very few players that were there in 2019 with, with some of the guys. That <laughs> uh, but he at least would bring a, a veteran presence and he would not fall into the category of someone that I think you would have to overpay to get in no. the building because you were in a desperate situation. So I, I don't mind that. Now, is he is he a better option than than somebody like Chad Cool within the organization? That's, That's something. A- that's that's a good comparison and something that we could definitely you know talk about. Yeah, no, I mean let's talk about it honestly yeah. because that is someone who I personally did not have him on my little short list that I've come up with, and I'll spoil it for everyone else because I do want to talk about Chad Cool. I <laughs> have uh, Evan Lee, left-handed pitcher, probably going to be in the bullpen. He's starting down in AAA, but we'll get into him some other time. And then a free agent guy was Chris Archer. Uh, a former ace down with the Tampa Bay Rays. He's still a free agent. Will the Nationals spend the money that they would probably have to spend to get him? I don't know how much money they're going to spend on him. I don't know how much money Chris Archer would want, but it's not going to be that cheap. But to answer your thing, Chad Cool would actually be a very intriguing option for me. And it's funny you brought that up because I honestly kind of just forgot about him and being in the organization <laughs> Like when you're looking at it, Chad Cool is stashed with the Nationals deep in the bullpen for a reason. Yeah. We know that. You yep. know that. Yep. But like, who are we to say no? You know, we're the ugliest kids in the school right now. Are we going <laughs> to turn down a prom date? Probably not. <laughs> I, mean, I cannot think of a better compare, uh, a better analogy than than the one you just made via the prom. That that and prom season's coming up too. A couple of months for, for all the high up. schoolers still out there. So. Um, I, 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 the thing about cool and I'm not, you know, there, there, let me see if I can get my, my thoughts out here because there, mm-hmm. I have a lot of them about, about cool in particular last season in Colorado. He was not particularly effective. He, he had a record of six and 11, uh, in 27 appearances. He started 27 games out there for Colorado mm-hmm. in the least pitcher friendly ballpark in major league baseball. So, so that can you could definitely factor that into his 100%. elevated ERA because playing over there at Coors Field is, is just not easy for any of those pitchers. 
And so the fact that he brings a full season, several full seasons of experience as a starter to the organization, I think is not something that can be overlooked when you're in a pinch like the Nationals are right now. And so if if you're looking for, you know, an option where you don't have to spend a ton of money, if if any money at all, you definitely don't to, to move cool into the starting rotation. Um, but there is that risk considering just wasn't particularly effective last year in, in Colorado. He spent the first five or so years of his career there with Pittsburgh. So he's never really, he's never really, you know, come into his own yet, but at 30 years old, he's also still got, I would think a good bit of baseball still left in him. That's relatively early in a, in a baseball player's career for a lot of guys. So I, I, I he, and, and he's also a guy, the last thing I think about him is, is he has gotten a good bit of action so far this season for the Nats in spring training seven and a third innings of work is fourth most on the nationals right now. He's gotten one start already a one in one record and, and has appeared in four games as well. So uh, all signs to me point to him being one of their top options. Just when you look at how many innings he's been pitching this spring, the fact that he was a starter all of last season and Again, someone that at 30 years old is has experience, but he's just he's not mm-hmm. too old, right? He's 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 a few years younger than Anibal Sanchez. No, that's those are great points, and honestly, like I think you may have just convinced me that Chad Cool <laughs> will probably be that guy going forward. Like I would love to have the Nationals take a swing on a free agent like Chris Archer, but again, sure. I don't know if they're going to spend the money for it. I don't know if Chris Archer is going to want to come here. Who knows what it would be. But they're going to have to start thinking about it because at some point you're going to have to fill that fifth spot in the rotation. But, Danny, enough with Cade Cavalli. That was depressing. Hope to God that something positive will come out of this and that it's not going to be as bad as we all think. But something good, something great happened this week, in fact. We're going to talk about Kiber Ruiz extension. I want to get your thoughts on that. We'll talk about that right after this. And now we get back into it with Kiber Ruiz getting an eight-year extension with the Washington Nationals. Eight years, $50 million going through 2030. And then there is a club option for 2031 and as well as 2032. Danny, if you recall this, Scott Boris was Kiber Ruiz's agent about three weeks ago. Yeah. Well, he switched his agent over to Octagon Sports. Whoever represents him over there, not sure of the name. They get this extension done. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I don't think it's any coincidence that by leaving Scott Boris behind, Kiber Ruiz was able to, to strike a long-term deal because Boris is all about maximizing the volume of the, the contract when it mm-hmm. comes to dollars and cents, um, which is not always the best decision, right? Because it's not always about the money. You know, you, you've got guys going and, and not going to the, the, the best places available because this guy's in their ears whispering money, 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 right? Yeah. So <laughs> Ruiz, though, I, I like that, th- that he was really the first piece that they invested in when it, when it comes to this rebuild. And, and there's a couple of layered meanings to that there. They, by investing, obviously they gave him a pretty significant contract and it's going to keep him here for the next eight years. 
that's great. And they weren't willing to do that with other players. So that's the next thing that came to my mind is when was the last time the Nationals gave this large an extension to a position player? Think about it. When was that? It was it was Ryan. So here, hear this out. Matt Weirich or Weirich had this the other day. Actually, I'm gonna have to pull up the exact tweet here, but he joins, meaning Kibar Ruiz joins some pretty crazy company as far as extensions go with the Nationals and position players because they had extended. Guys like, uh, obviously, Steven Strasburg. They've mm-hmm. handed out big contracts to Patrick Corbin. But right. here was the tweet. Was that Kibar right. Ruiz is the first position player, or one of three position players, to sign a six-plus-year deal with the Nationals. Those two other players were Jason Worth and Ryan Zimmerman. Now, Kibar yep, Worth and Zimmerman. So Kibar Ruiz, and think about all the talent we've had in those position players. Bryce Harper, Trey Turner. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm missing someone, Anthony Rendon. Uh, I'm Juan missing Soto. a couple. Juan Soto, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's one stick. of the big ones. <laughs> like, yeah, one of the bigger ones. So, like, the Nationals have struggled with this over the years. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. that is very evident. And so yeah. I think that, what as you were saying, like, this was a huge deal for me because the Nationals don't do this. And then also the Nationals in the past haven't done analytics. Well, mm-hmm. this offseason, they heavily invested in the analytics, and now they're even thinking forward. I mean, yeah. we're winning the World Series. Oh, that would, that would be nice. <laughs> right? It would be nice to relive that, that, that 2019 season. But, yeah, it's funny because I, I, I have Matt on the show pretty, pretty often, whether mm-hmm. it was for the Nationals or the Capitals, and I yep. actually had not seen that tweet yet, Ryan. So I'm, mm-hmm. glad, you, I'm glad you referenced it, and it's – it's just kind of funny because I knew I was like the nationals don't give position players contracts like this. This is a big deal. And, and again, I like that it's Ruiz because I think in, in the season and a half, I guess that, that we, and maybe even a little bit less than that because 2021 was when he came over to, mm-hmm. to Washington, but in the season and a half that we've seen him, I, I think that he's been one of the most consistent things about their play you know, when he's been out there and, and obviously they've tried not to overwork him for several reasons. He's young, but they also haven't been very good. And it really would just be kind of like bashing your head into a wall. If you were to just keep trotting him out there in, in losing effort after losing effort, when this guy's a a really good ball player, you know, I, I don't want to compare him to to the player that I'm going to reference here, but I I look at this team as one that, that sort of built out, around their catcher and around their pitching. And and they were also able to cultivate some pretty good position players too. So I'm not going to overlook any of that. But Buster Buster Posey in the San Francisco Giants, right? I mean, Buster Posey's probably the best catcher to come through Major League Baseball mm-hmm. in, what, 50 years? Something like that. I mean, you, you could yeah. debate guys like Piazza, Pudge, whatever. He's been darn good and they won three yes. world series over there in san francisco and they did uh, they they always had good pitching and, and buster posey was the anchor behind the plate and he was you know the the guy he was fantastic defensively but he came up with big hits i i i feel like ruiz could play that role maybe not at quite the same level as someone like posey that would be incredibly lofty expectations to place on someone like that but i just like that they're building around 
Ruiz. And and I hope that, you know, they follow suit with guys like Abrams and, and Garcia, so long as they're able to show similar consistency and development, as, as I mm-hmm. think that we have seen in the first season and a half of, of, of Kiba Ruiz. So I think it's exciting. You know, I think that that was one of the that was one of the exciting things that I was prepared to come on here and talk about, because it's it's great news to, to lock in one of those young guys, knowing that that he's he's been pretty much as advertised exactly and and, you know we finally got like that monkey off our backs in a sense it's like we (laughs) finally have robbed i mean here's what i think about this contract before i even say this kiber ruiz what are you doing (laughs) i mean that is you think he sold himself short oh i think he sold himself very short yeah and in fact i saw some of my friends were actually speculating like this makes me feel bad for kiber ruiz because like does he not believe in himself that he is signing this? Like this was someone who at one point, some sites had him up to top 20 prospect in baseball and yeah. he's signing this deal early, but it makes sense. You get the money now. What if you get an injury? But I think the nationals have set themselves up in a situation to where they can't even lose in this contract. He's making 6.25 million over the next eight years. If right. he stinks, so be it. That's six. Yeah million that is nothing for what he should be making really yeah and and that's why i i, I want to be careful here I, I mentioned posey and the giants i don't have those same expectations yeah for, of course he's in the nationals right you it's got just, that it, i we're just looking at <laughs> comparing to a team that that built builds around their builds around the catcher but the other the other point i would make is a team like the atlanta braves was also able to get guys like ozzy albies and ronald acuna jr under contract for an extended period of time for a Wait. much lower value than they would have gotten on the open market. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I mean, the, we're talking about some, some true bona fide rising superstars in, in those guys. So it's not like it's the, the nationals are the first team to pull something like this off because the Braves are a good example as, as another team that has been able to sign some premier talent on the cheap. Yeah, and those are all great points by Danny Noakes. We have to wrap up the show, Danny, but before we do that, where can they find you on social? Where can they hear you? What do you have coming up? At Danny Noakes on Twitter, Danny.Noakes on Instagram. Still waiting to figure out what my next couple of shows are going to look like for 106.7 The Fan, but if you keep an eye on Twitter, you keep an eye on Instagram, I will have the updates for you as soon as I get them. So be sure to stay tuned because it's going to be a lot of fun, Ryan. We got NCAA tournament coming up. We've got got opening day finally here. The Masters is not far away. It's a great time of year in sports, buddy. It's a great time, man. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. Now, for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your pods and on YouTube. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every single day that's danny noakes i'm ryan clary we'll see you guys another time go nats